Hey, what's up, guys? Jake Steele here. Ironandsteel.com is the website. This is the Iron and Steel podcast, and this is episode number 40. Coming to you from the clunker bunker this week. I'm currently sitting in the driver's seat of uh, a 1933 Ford five window coupe owned by my buddy Robbie. And uh, it's in the shop here. I'm just sort of babysitting it for, I don't know, a couple of weeks maybe. Um, I have a car over at his house. He's helping me uh, get some wiring wrapped up and things like that. So. In order for that to happen, I had to uh, babysit one of his cars because he's um, low on space. So for my car to to live there, uh, his had to live here. So yeah, it's uh, just sitting here in my shop. I decided on a little change of pace this week to record this episode. So I'm down here in the shop sitting in this car and uh, yeah, here we go. So I've got a couple of great stories for you guys. Uh, this week I'm going to do two. Um, the reason being, both of them are fairly brief and uh, pretty quick stories. So, um, and then when we're done with that, we'll do the uh, the typical weekly Q and A. If you're new here, if you're just uh, stumbling onto this podcast, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, I'm just here reading hot rod stories. Some of them are mine, uh, but a majority of them are sent in by uh, listeners and readers of the website. And uh, it's a pretty simple premise. Uh, basically, if you have a hot rod story or an old car story that is important to you, uh, send it to me, include photos. I will edit your story, publish the uh, story as an article with the photos on my website, which is ironandsteel.com. And uh, I typically publish a new article on Monday and then take that article and read it aloud and publish it as a po- podcast uh, on Tuesday. So yeah, pretty straightforward. Uh, If you have um, a story of your own that you want told on this podcast, just email it to me at jake at ironandsteel.com. Don't get hung up on writing the best story that's ever been written uh, in the history of mankind. It's not a big fucking deal. Stakes are low. We're just having fun here. Uh, We're not keeping hot rod history alive. We're actually uh, sort of creating a little bit of history by telling stories that would not otherwise be told. So that's the whole kind of nickel tour on what this podcast is all about. And uh, yeah, basically, if you have a story that's important to you, I want to get it told. So uh, big, small, somewhere in between, uh, it doesn't matter. Just sit down, write it out, send it in. I will tell every story that I receive here on this podcast and publish it on the website as well. So uh, yeah, Get them sent in. Jake at ironandsteel.com is the email address to send those stories to. And uh, yeah, get them. Just keep them coming in. I Like I said, I, I'm going to read two this week just because uh, they're both relatively short stories. And we have time to, uh, to do two of them. Sometimes we just do one. You know, if it's a longer story, um, if it takes 25 minutes to read a story, then we're just going to do one. We always do a Q&A at the end. Uh, same thing if you have questions, comments, topics, uh, you can direct message me on Instagram, uh, or you can email me as well, jake at with questions, comments, uh, whatever the case may be. So, all right. Yeah. I have a couple of good stories for you guys. Um, the first one was sent in by Taylor Saya. And if you recognize that last name, you'll remember most likely, uh, the name Nick Saya, which was, 
um, I don't know, two or three podcast episodes back, uh, there was a story called Nighthawk. And it was the story of Nick Saya's great-grandfather who was like a world record-holding uh, pilot and glider pilot and, uh, yeah, tragically died too young. Um, but uh, anyway, Nick's building a 33 Ford three-window coupe and uh, sort of dedicating it to his great-grandfather. And uh, that was the story, Nighthawk. Uh, anyway, that is, that's Nick Saya. Taylor Saya is his wife and uh, she had a story of her own about a 40 Ford pickup she was nice enough to send that in and uh, that's one of the stories I'm going to read to you Um, I'll read that and then we'll sort of regroup and then I'm going to read you the second story which was sent in uh, by Will Pyle young man with a 65 Ford pickup and uh, he was also nice enough to sit down punch out his story and uh, I'm going to read that to you as well and when we get done with that, we'll, uh, I don't know, I've got probably eight or ten questions uh, that came through this week for the Q&A topics, comments, questions. So we will do that and then we'll say our goodbyes. All right. That is what we're going to do. So buckle up, kick back, relax. I got a couple stories for you. Again, you guys don't be shy. Jake at ironandsteel.com. Send in your stories. Let's get them told. All right. Here we go. First story is Taylor Saya's story. It's, uh, it's called Grandpa's 40. Okay, guys, here we go. This is Taylor's story. Uh, per usual, I'm just uh, scrolling through, reading this off my website, so cut me some slack. In, in this case, I'm literally on my phone, just like thumbing through it. So, uh, yeah. Uh, cut me a little slack if I fumble a word here or there, I guess is my point, but, uh, I'll do the best I can. Okay. Taylor Saya's story. It's called grandpa's 40 goes like this. She says my entire childhood was spent with my grandpa, Mark McDonald after school and during summer breaks. See, he got to retire young and watched me while my parents worked. He spent his days working on various projects like model airplanes and reading hot rod magazines. I'd flip through the pages of Rod and Custom and Street Rodder, picking out my favorite cars, usually based on which colors I thought were the prettiest. I didn't know it then, but I was building the foundation for a lifelong appreciation for classic cars and Americana. In 1996, when I was just six years old, my grandpa started building a 1940 Ford pickup. And that project would give me something to tinker on for the next two decades. So many of my memories of spending time at his house include the 40. I remember the early stages when it was a reddish patina and didn't look like much to my little kid mind. I can picture clear as day the image of my grandpa working under the hood, meticulously crafting some part at his workbench and cursing under his breath when things didn't go just right. I would pop out from time to time asking about a snack or just to roll around on the creeper in the garage while he worked. I remember helping him put in the windows and thinking that his method of inserting the glass into the frame with a rope 
was the most ingenious thing I had ever seen. He didn't know it, but by watching him work so meticulously and with so much tenacity on something he was on something he was modeling a work ethic that I'd grow up to value and implement in my own life. One of my favorite memories of my grandpa building the 40 was when he had it painted and wanted to get a red pinstripe down the side. He asked a local pinstriper who wasn't up for the challenge of one small straight line. And instead of accepting it, accepting that it wasn't going to happen, my grandpa diligently and painstakingly did it himself. And it turned out awesome. In 2016, it was time for my grandpa's next project, a 1929 sport coupe. That meant it was time for the 40 to move on to the next chapter of its life, too. My grandpa sold the 40. And to my surprise, I did not handle it well at all. I felt like a part of my childhood went with it. I was happy that he, he had a new project that he was excited about, but I couldn't shake the feeling that the 40 wasn't meant to leave the family. Another major life event happened for me in 2016. I married my husband. A hot rod guy from Northern California, he understood better than anyone the emotional tie you can have to a classic car. Unbeknownst to me, my husband got in got into contact with the guy that bought the 40 in 2018 and tried to strike a deal to buy it back. See, when the man bought it from my grandpa, he had agreed that he would sell it back to the family if they wanted it for the same price that he paid for it. But apparently, handshake agreements aren't something he sticks to. See, the guy wasn't interested in selling, as he had always dreamed of owning a 44 too. My husband searched high and low for another one for the guy, explaining that this wasn't just any 40 pickup, it was my dream car. After a full year of trying to barter with the guy, he finally secured a deal. It cost him a lot more than what it had been sold for, and he had to throw in his dirt bike. Uh, but he was about to have one happy wife. Christmas Eve 2019. We weren't supposed to spend it in my hometown and with my family, as they live about four hours away. But Christmas Eve morning, my husband absolutely insisted that we load up in the car and make the drive make the drive down because he had found a great deal on an ATV in my hometown. He put the trailer on his truck and we were off. He dropped me off at my parents and I didn't think anything about it as he went to pick up this mysterious ATV. He had been gone a long time, 
and the family had gathered at my parents' house for Christmas Eve dinner. He finally arrived and insisted that I come outside to see the ATV. As I walked out the door, there in the front yard was the 40 with a big red bow on the hood. I cried incoherently for a <laughs> for a solid 20 minutes at the sight of it. My grandparents were present for the big reveal and just as excited as I was to know that the 40 was back in the family. It lives in my garage now and my own five-year-old gets to ride in it as we cruise around the town. What a great story. Uh, you guys go to the website and uh, check that story out for yourself. There are some neat photos there of, uh, of Taylor and her grandpa. There's several photos of the truck itself. And it uh, looks like there's uh, the very last picture. Uh, I don't know if that's at her family's house or what, but uh, I sniped a photo off of Nick's Instagram. And uh, it shows the two hugging in front of the truck and there's a red bow on it. So I can only assume that that was from uh, Christmas Eve when that happened. So yeah, great story. Uh, Taylor, thank you so much. You guys head to the website, check that story out for yourself. And uh, yeah, the photos really tie it all together. So go check that out. Taylor, thank you again. Really appreciate that. Okay, guys, there you have it. That was Taylor Sayas' story. Uh, Grandpa's 40. I got to say, Nick, you absolutely must subscribe to the Happy Wife, Happy Life uh, theory. What a stud, tracking that thing down. Just a, just a killer story. So, you guys, that's a great example of the just the type of story uh, that I love to share here on this podcast. So, uh, yeah, if you have something similar, sit down, punch it out, send it to me, jake at ironandsteel.com. Again, uh, Taylor, thank you so much for sending that story through. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. And uh, very happy for you that you have your, uh, your grandpa's 40 pickup back. All right, you guys ready for the next one? So this is uh, a story that was sent in by a young man named Will Pyle. And uh, the story is called Cherry. And that is the name of his 1965 Ford pickup. And uh, this is the story of Cherry. All right, here we go. Alright guys, here we go. This is Will's story. It's called Cherry. Uh, it's about his 66 Ford F100 pickup. Uh, I think I called it a 65 at least a couple of times in this podcast already. Uh, and a better man would likely go back and re-record those segments and uh, fix his mistakes. But uh, this man is going to forge ahead. <laughs> Uh, my apologies, Will. It's not a 65. It is a 66. Uh, it's called Cherry. This is the story. And uh, when we're done, we'll jump into some Q&A. And uh, 
uh, say our goodbyes. But uh, here's what Will has to say about his uh, 66 Ford F100 pickup called Cherry. And uh, you can go to the website and check out the photos for yourself. Looks like a really bitchin' truck, and the story is about uh, basically the build itself and how it came to be, but uh, it is a beautiful truck. So go to the website and check the uh, photos out for yourself. Anyway, here is what Will has to say about his truck, Cherry. He says, in 2014, I was about 10 at this time, and me and my dad had bought a 66 Ford F100 from a friend of ours who needed the money. We were living in a suburban neighborhood at the time and didn't have much room for it, so we rented a storage unit to do all of the work in. We brought the truck to the storage unit and started to tear it apart. It had a locked up 352 with a four speed as its powertrain. It had some damage in the front fender from a wreck. It was painted an ugly orange and had a few rust spots under the body. We found a 428 cubic inch police interceptor off of Craigslist for about $1,000 and tore it down completely and rebuilt it. Once we got it running in the truck, we found later model twin I-beams with disc brakes and swapped them out. We did some cosmetic stuff like a new fender, grill, valance. Once we finished gathering all the parts, for the cosmetics, we got it painted Cherry Red. And that is how it got its nickname, Cherry. Shortly after we got it back from the paint shop, we got the bench seat redone, put in new carpet, and put in a C6 transmission so it would, so it would be more fun to drive in the Metroplex. I drove Cherry my entire sophomore and junior year and loved every second of it. I've learned so much from this truck and still take care of it like it's my baby. I am proud to say that we did everything but the paint, bench seat, and a transmission, all in a storage unit with no power, no AC, and no heat. A lot of blood, sweat, and tears has been put into this truck, and I've loved every minute of it. Now that Cherry is, quote, somewhat done, you can never be done with an old truck, I am currently building a 64 Ford Fairlane 500. That's a cool story, Will. So uh, you guys go to the website and check out the photos of Cherry. Quite a transformation. And uh, it gives you some insight, too, into some of the uh, conditions that they were working in in this storage unit it just uh it's a straight up no power no lights tin storage unit so that is some dedication and it came out great the uh the main photo in that article gives you an idea of uh, just how nice of a truck it's turned out to be and the rest of the article gives you a pretty clear understanding just through the photos of um, what it started out as and uh, boy, what a journey. So go there and check those uh, photos out for yourself. Will, thank you so much for the story. Sorry, I called it a 65 a couple of times. Uh, it is indeed a 66 Ford F100. And uh, yeah, 
That is the story of Cherry. Okay, guys, there were two stories for you. I hope you enjoyed them as much as I did. Uh, Taylor, thank you. Will, thank you very much for submitting those stories. And uh, you guys, if you have your own, please send them in, jake at ironandsteel.com. Uh, if you have questions, comments, topics, things you want to cover in the Q&A section, you can send them via email to the same email address as well. Uh, or send me a direct message on Instagram. It's just iron and steel. And uh, yeah, let's keep the conversations going. So uh, I've got a few questions we'll get through here for the uh, Q&A and then we'll kind of say our goodbyes. We'll see how far we get here. Uh, we'll just jump right in. Let's see. The first uh, first one wasn't a question. It was just a comment. It says, uh, I loved the Nighthawk story and the history tie-in. So again, that was Nick Saya's story uh, from a few weeks back, uh, Taylor's husband, uh, called Nighthawk about his uh, great-grandfather, essentially, and the car that he's building basically in his honor. So yeah, I really enjoyed that story too. Uh, it's been viewed like 10,000 times or something on the website, the article itself. And I don't know how many downloads the podcast episode has received, but a, a lot. It's That was one of the most popular stories um, I think that we've ever really told on this podcast or on the website. So uh, either Nick has tens of thousands of friends or, <laughs> or it was a uh, really great story. So you guys can check that out for yourself uh it's called nighthawk it was a few podcast episodes back and uh, of course the article with photos is on the website ironandsteel.com uh this one oh what is this one here oh it says i haven't seen you drag <laughs> i haven't seen you drag home any model a's lately did you buy all of the ones in the pacific northwest or something uh no, I don't think so. Yeah, I haven't I haven't really bought much of anything over the last few months. I, uh, I've been kind of more focused on uh, some house stuff, business stuff, and, uh, and trying to get that 32 coupe done, really. So it's been a bit of a whirlwind for, I don't know, I guess the last five or six months. And uh, yeah, I haven't really bought... I haven't really bought anything, not just Model A's, but uh, old cars in general have been kind of slacking. So, you know, I'll get up in the morning and do like a drink in my coffee and do like a half-hearted, you know, Craigslist search or Facebook search or whatever. But uh, yeah, I haven't been hitting it super hard. I've actually passed on quite a few deals that I really should have followed up on, but uh, just really haven't had a ton of time to focus on that. Uh, yeah. Hoping, hoping to change that here in the spring and summer and get back to finding, you know, some of these cars. I, I really do like finding, you know, these old cars kind of tucked away, unadvertised cars sitting in people's, you know, garages or whatever. Uh, I like the hunt. I do like finding them and, you know, you know, I do like the deal in most cases and kind of the whole dance and kind of that feeling that you get when you put everything together and load it on the trailer and drag it home so uh, I do love that process and uh, hopefully I'll be able to find some time to get back into doing that here this spring and summer and uh, yeah hopefully uh, 
pick up some more Model A's and more old cars in general. So, yeah, we'll see what happens here. Uh, this says, your podcast is an inspiration for all of us that struggle to keep the balance between life and hot rods. Thank you for that. Uh, he goes on to say, now tell me, can a shop that specializes in flatheads really be considered a, quote, speed shop? Uh, just kidding. haha. Ha, just kidding. Peace. All right. Uh, <laughs> hey, if you want to spend uh, $75 per horsepower uh, to build a flathead, more power to you. But uh, yeah, kind of funny. Uh, I get a lot of questions or comments, I guess I should say. Uh, people asking me about, you know, because I'll bag on flatheads every once in a while, but it's always in jest, and it's, you know, I'm not, I don't dislike flatheads by any means. I have several cars that have flatheads in them. Uh, nothing sounds like a flathead, drives like a flathead. They're great. They're bitching. I love them. But uh, yeah, you're not going to be setting any uh, any world records for speed, uh, and they are very. <laughs> very costly to get any real horsepower out of that's for sure so uh what is your go-to hot rod podcast or tv show uh i don't watch tv and i don't listen to podcasts <laughs> so I, uh, I can't help you there uh i i do listen i should take that back i do listen to some podcasts but uh they're almost never hot rod related uh you know the other half of my life is as far as my hobbies or interests go, um, like I've stated before, unsolved crime, uh, things that are mysterious, you know, all of that kind of bullshit that, you know, is popular now. I, I'm definitely interested in that. Always have been, you know, ghosts, UFOs, uh, you know, small town monsters type of stories. You know, I just, I find that stuff interesting. Most of it is, uh, I don't know, you know, most of it's kind of satire, right? But uh, some of it is very interesting and uh, some of it is serious. You know, the bigger questions like UFO stuff and unsolved crimes, uh, there's some substance there. So anyway, I guess what I'm getting at is I don't watch TV almost at all. If I listen to podcasts or watch anything on TV or like YouTube or whatever, it's, it's almost always documentary type stuff uh, about true crime or things that are mysteries or mysterious or whatever so can't help you with the go-to hot rod podcast or tv shows haven't found any that i really like so um this, oh kind of on the same subject it says <laughs> not hot rod related but in an episode i listened to yesterday you said that you don't think there was a zodiac killer and that you have all of the case files how is any of that possible? <laughs> uh, yeah, I do think that there was no Zodiac killer. Not to go, I don't, you know, I don't want to go balls deep on this, but <laughs> if you want to, you can email me and I can expand. But uh, yeah, basically there was no Zodiac killer. It was a story. They were true, actual crimes that occurred, uh, but they were in reality, in my opinion, unrelated, tied together via. Uh, basically a sensational story for uh, a few different reasons but uh, basically it was a story that was woven together um, connecting a bunch of un otherwise unrelated crimes to make a sensational story uh, as far as how is any of that possible um, 
oh, that I have the case files. You can have the case files yourself if you want them. Uh, you have to work for them a little bit, but uh, all of that stuff is available through the Freedom of Information Act. Uh, you And actually, really, you don't even have to put in uh, a FOIA request, request anymore. All of this stuff is probably online on various websites uh, by this point, but yeah, all of the case files can be accessed um, via the Freedom of Information Act. There's also a website called vault.fbi.gov, and uh, you can search that and basically any other FBI case and see the, um, the actual FBI files associated with them. In a lot of cases, a lot of the info is redacted and crossed out, and um, you know, but there is uh, quite a bit of substance there that you can kind of piece together what's going on but uh yeah if you want to talk about the zodiac you can email me but uh or you can look up a guy called um uh, thomas henry horan uh, he's a professor and uh his view is essentially exactly the same as mine and he's done a lot of work uh, been on a lot of podcasts and done a lot of interviews uh kind of spreading the word i guess about that theory which i don't think is a theory think any reasonable person that looks at it can kind of figure out that it was basically just a story so not to get too far off down the rabbit hole uh on a serial killer thing with this you know we're on a hot rod podcast right now so uh basically if you if you want to talk more about it you can email me i'll go as deep as you want baby (laughs) uh this was a comment the context was uh, a few people kind of sent in their opinions about the the way this podcast is set up the format and all that stuff um as far as doing interviews or not doing interviews uh the comment was another vote for keeping the format as it is slash no interviews uh, he says the reason the podcast is great is because it is totally different keep it how it is uh i don't disagree and with the caveat that anything i guess is possible i just don't see there being a need for another podcast where two dudes sit down and like you know drink whiskey with like a a cigar and like barnwood in the background and american flag and like (laughs) that it's it just seems like that yeah we don't need another one of those so uh as far as the traditional host guest interview podcast format uh, I think there's a lot of those already and I don't see a huge need for it, but, um, you know, if, if I came across just the right person that I thought would be interesting and different and add value to the podcast, it's not impossible that, uh, I could sit down and do an interview and kind of go down that path a little bit. But, uh, for now I'm a lot more focused on just telling these stories. I want to tell your guys' stories. I want to tell the stories that otherwise are not going to be told so not everybody's car is going to be in a magazine not everybody's story you know taylor saya's story about her grandfather spending you know after school and summer vacations with her grandpa while he worked on a 40 ford that story was not otherwise going to be told outside of her circle Uh, the story about will and his 66 pickup you know working on it in a storage unit and driving it you know i mean those stories were never going to be told outside of their friends family so 
if I have a platform and an opportunity to tell kind of the quote little guys stories, uh, that's what I'm more focused on rather than sitting down and, you know, asking some, you know, asking some guy like, Hey, what's up, man? So <laughs> what's good? <laughs> you know, fuck. That's been done a million times. And, uh, there's enough stories out there that, uh, I think we can, we can keep this going, uh, with your guys' help and, and keep it interesting. So for now, we're just going to tell hot rod stories, uh, but anything's possible. <laughs> so how's that for being, uh, contradictive, contradictive, God dang, is that a word? All right. What was the, oh yeah, this is funny. What was with the guy posting a picture of your five window and saying that it was bagged WTF? Uh, also, what is your opinion on cars that are bagged? <laughs> uh, I don't care. I don't really give a shit what people do. I'm not into, I'm not really into cars that are bagged. Uh, you know, it's just not something that kind of fits into the things that I like. So if people want to put bags on their cars, I don't give a shit. You know, if you want to kiss your dad on the mouth, you know, go ahead. <laughs> Doesn't mean I have to, right? So, you know, what's my opinion on cars that are bagged? Don't give a shit. Uh, what was with the dude posting a picture of your five window saying it was bagged? So, um, for those of you that don't know what this person's talking about, there's some Facebook group called, I don't even remember what it's called. Anyway, they post cars that are slammed and, you know, bagged and hydraulics and stuff. Uh, anyway, they posted a picture of my maroon five window uh, from the show in Pendleton last summer. And, uh, it said, I forget what it said, some dopey shit, but it was basically like, uh, you know, here's a picture of this car, you know, at different ride heights. And it was like, the first photo shows it, you know, lay in frame. The second photo is, uh, ride height. The third photo is ass low. It's like, that car doesn't have bags or hydraulics. It just, the photos were taken from different angles. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, you can't fix stupid, I guess. Uh, I guess that's <laughs> the only way to sum it up. So what's with that? I don't know. I can't help these people. <laughs> so. But it was funny to watch on that on that post. There was like a thread going of people being like, hey, I, I know that car, which I didn't chime in because I don't give a fuck. But. There were people like, hey, I know that car and uh, it's not bagged and doesn't have hydraulics or anything. And the guy would repeatedly go in there and be like, you tell me then why it shows in the photos clearly that it's at different ride heights. And dudes are like, like people were messaging me on Instagram and uh, text messaging me and stuff. Hey, did you see this? And, you know, I'd be like, oh, whatever. And a few guys that I don't know were asking like, hey, this is your car, I know, but it's not bagged, right? I'm not crazy, am I? And I'm like, no. So <laughs> these guys were going back and forth with this, the guy that runs the uh, the page on Facebook and being like, hey, I just literally direct messaged the owner of that car on Instagram and he verified that it does not have hydraulics or bags or like, anything like that. The guy kept like, well, you tell me, you know, it's clear to see in these photos and all this stuff. I don't know. Somebody put like a definitive comment that was like, hey, I just spoke to Jake, the guy that owns that car. He said for 100% fact that it does not have uh, 
airbags and that the photos are just taken from different angles. The guy was like, to be honest with you, I don't even care, all right? I don't even care anymore. It's just like, sure you don't. <laughs> so that was interesting. Uh, it was fun to watch, but I never chimed in because uh, it was uh, good entertainment. Uh, the next question was, how about an episode where you talk about sobriety and the hot rod culture? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I think I'll tell you the same thing that I said about the Zodiac Killer topic. If you want to talk about that in depth, you can email me uh, or call me or whatever. I'll give you any info you want. But usually if people are talk or asking about that topic, uh, they're probably, maybe, I shouldn't say probably, but maybe they're in a place in their life where... Uh, that's something they're thinking about me not drinking is something that I don't even think about anymore in my day-to-day life it's you know been seven years uh it's not something that I talk about or preach about none of my friends um you know I'm not bagging on anybody for doing what they want to do I don't give a fuck I just do my own stuff um so me writing an article or having an episode podcast episode where we talk about the you know the relationship between sobriety and the hot rod culture is not anything that interests me so you know i'll put it like this i don't drink it's just a personal choice that i made uh my life i can tell you is one thousand times better now than it ever was because of that directly without question because of that and uh if you want to have a conversation uh more in depth about that just get a hold of me but uh yeah i don't it's not a something that i think about almost at all uh so i don't have any interest in talking about sobriety or sobriety and the relationship with uh the hot rod culture but if you do uh get a hold of me i guess you can email me and we can talk about whatever you want uh not a question just a comment nomad Okay, maybe it is a question. When will the Nomad be done? I'm also working on a 56 Nomad. Um, the 32 Coupe that I'm getting finished up here right now, and in fact, I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping that it's done this coming weekend. I hope to be driving it. So, knock on wood, I don't want to you know, put myself in a weird spot where I'm setting a goal that I can't reach or whatever, but it's almost done. It's over at Robbie's right now. He's going to help me with the wiring and then it needs a drive line and fluids and stuff like that. Uh, what was I talking? Oh yeah. Anyway, long story short, that coupe, as soon as it's done running and driving reliably, uh, theoretically it makes it to the race of gentlemen in, uh, Riverside. And when I get back from that, I can sort of take a breath, reorganize the shop, pick this shit up, uh, make some room, sweep the floor, you know, do all the stuff, and then theoretically the the nomads going in next, and yeah, I've got some uh, things I need to buy for it, and a whole bunch of planning and things like that. But I have a lot of the major stuff, the blower motor, the transmission, and all that stuff. I kind of have I have the motor, the tranny. I have a lead on, and some of the bigger components I have. But there's a whole list of different, you know, smaller things that I need to get ordered, get set in a pile, and then 
get going on the car once I have all the parts. So long story short, Nomad is quote next, I guess, in the hopper. And uh, when will it be done? I have no idea. Somewhere between one year and 25 years. <laughs> Depending on how uh, distracted I get. So, But I am excited about that car. That's uh, that's one of the one of my favorite cars, if not the favorite car of mine that I've ever had. Uh, and I haven't even driven it, so it's kind of sounds silly to say that. But uh, I do love that car. I chased it for a long time. I've always wanted that car, and uh, very happy to have it. So, yeah, just as soon as the dust settles and uh, you know life calms down a little bit, and I get that other car done, the Nomad's going in. And uh, I hope to have it done within a year, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, the last question was, <laughs> uh, do you ever have a problem answering any of these questions? It seems like some of them are <laughs> a little personal. <clears throat> uh, no, I, I don't care. I'm pretty much an open book when it comes to just about everything. I don't really give a fuck about what people think or, you know, what they're muttering under their breath or talking about in their little fucking sewing circle bitch sessions and shit talking sessions I don't give a fuck you know if you have a question I'll answer it I'll answer it honestly um, you know if you want to talk about hot rods to serial killers to sobriety I don't care it, it is what it is uh, I don't have a problem answering any of these any of the questions that come through uh, some of them have been pretty personal but uh, you know what can you do? The people have questions. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Uh, to answer your question, no, I, I don't have a problem answering any of these. Uh, it doesn't bother me at all. So watch next week. It's going to be like, all right. <laughs> Some fucking super deep, strange philosophical question that I have to go to therapy to, to go to therapy about after I answered it. But uh, yeah, for now, I'm okay with these questions uh, so far. All right, let's say our goodbyes uh, for this week. I do appreciate you guys all tuning in. Um, we're tens of thousands of downloads deep into this podcast, and uh, it's absolutely, completely fucking blown me away. And uh, I want to keep it going. So um, I guess the short version is, number one, thank you guys for all your support. Number two, please continue to help spread the word by reposting uh, the podcast and the website links. Uh, if you see a story or hear a story that you enjoy, take four seconds and, you know, screenshot it or do whatever, link it, share it on social media. Uh, Instagram is absolutely terrible now for people that are in my position as far as followers go. I'm in a weird spot where I have kind of a lot of followers, but not, not a ton, you know, like, you know, not hundreds of thousands, but... I'm in a spot now where I kind of get the feeling that Instagram wants me to pay to go any further. So when I had 15,000 followers, I could post, or you know, 10 or 15,000 followers. I could post something and thousands of people would see it, engage with it, comment on it, uh, share it, things like that. Now I'm just above 21,000 or so followers, and I think somewhere above 20 or at 20, it started to click. Like uh, it, it ticked some box that's like, okay, 
we've let you get to this point, but if you want to go any further, you're going to have to pay. And basically, they want you to, every post that I put up, they want you to boost it. They want you to pay, you know, as much money as, you know, you can, you can spend as much money, which I've never done this, but you can spend a bunch of money to like boost your post or have it be like a sponsored post or something. But anyway, long story short, the new, whatever they did with Instagram, the new algorithm, or um, if they're intentionally stifling my account in an attempt to get me to pay to get back to the engagement that I had. Um, Long story short, my engagement's terrible. And so therefore, when I post these stories, uh, oftentimes it doesn't get seen by as many people as it would have, you know, a year ago or whatever, which seems crazy because I have more people following now, but uh, that seems to be the way Instagram's going. So uh, I don't care from a personal standpoint, but if I'm trying to tell your guys' stories, you know, I would rather 50,000 people see it than 800. <laughs> so the point being, Every time you guys like, engage with, or share a post, uh, an article that I've published, or a podcast that I've recorded and published, uh, every time that you repost it, it's wildly helpful. So please continue to do that. Tell your friends and family, uh, coworkers, husbands, wives, whatever. And most importantly, if you have a story of your own, please email it, jake at ironandsteel.com. I will tell every single story that I receive. All right, you guys, let's say goodbye for this week. Thank you all again, and uh, I'll talk to you guys again in exactly seven days.